MC Light here, and this time I'm using my voice to tell you about something I just started using. New Shea Moisture Deodorants, created for rich melanin skin. Shea Moisture antiperspirant deodorants even skin tone and protect against sweat and odor for 48 hours. Shea Moisture whole body deodorants freshen all over all day with plant-based ingredients. No aluminum. Black dermatologist and gynecologist approved. I'm just saying, living in my rich melanin and protecting it too. You're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And today's episode is a discussional podcast episode where we talk about the news that seems important to us, and then we dive into our community and answer some questions that people have decided to ask us, and have lots of fun. So, how's it going, Chris? I'm doing all right. I heard you finished Dragon Ball Super. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely loved it. it. (laughs) I was telling Andrew last night. I said, you know, I truth be told, yes. By all means, go catch up with it. Um, at least the last arc. I mean, I liked the the Frieza arc. I loved the um, the uh, the Battle of the Gods. Battle of the Gods arc. I thought they were great. But the last arc, I don't know how to say the last arc without. Uh, let's just say Future Trunks comes back, mm-hmm. and I know you like him. And there's another character that spoiler. So I I loved it. I thought it was absolutely epic the the final the final end of it kind of did this kind of final fantasy in boss kind of leveling up as he as as it was beat down it was great i so pretty much every dragon ball z boss uh yeah but <laughs> like not, Goo, not to this Cell, <laughs> all of them just kind of keep growing not to this level i not I, Goo, boo i know boo kind of was like it, it was almost like this is a whole nother boo it's not a leveling up boo you know it was just different boos so take that for what it is i thought it was great i he the guy who writes the, the dragon ball absolutely shining through the show and it's like i've never left it it's it, it feels right at home i i loved it and then you realize you have to go to work. And then you go, crap, I am older. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I finished Claymore. Yay, finally. Uh, I I almost want to do a review of this. I might do it just do a written review because it's really difficult to do manga reviews. That's a little more difficult than doing actual, you know, shows where we can talk about art and all this kind of stuff, which I guess you can do with manga. But 
Uh, I do kind of agree with some people that it did kind of lose its way at a certain point. I think it was probably about the early 20s that I think it kind of started just turning into, all right, let's just throw a whole bunch of really big things in here. And they jumped the powers levels up too quickly, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but that final volume was absolutely epic. It was enough that I'm like fighting myself to go in there and go, look, Chris. And he's like, spoilers, because it's so awesome kind of thing. Uh, but I got really excited and pumped about that final uh, volume. It was really awesome. Uh, the other fun thing I found from it was, I, I think I texted you about this. I had to, when I got to about, I want to say about the 13th volume, I, I started going, crap, I'm forgetting who exactly this Claymore is or this warrior, whether they call him. Um, so I decided to go all the way back to the first volume and start tracking all the warriors. So I wrote down, I made a spreadsheet, this huge spreadsheet that has pretty much every single warriors that has ever been mentioned by either name or by number. And I tracked every single one of them. Cause sometimes you'll have one that just says that's 13 or something like that. Um, and at the end, at the very end, when I finished the final volume, I went through and I double checked all the deaths, exactly 47 that I tracked that were named or numbered died. Which is funny because there's 47 regions, 47 warriors. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if that, it makes you start wondering, I wonder if that last I one thought, that died thought, that was kind of out of nowhere, maybe that was on purpose to reach 46 <laughs> or I 47. Thought she, I thought she w- didn't have a region. She was 47. She had the, the what they, they basically name it as their, the, uh, the strongest region or the, the most difficult region to the weakest, uh, the less dangerous region. And she was assigned to the weakest because she was 47. Oh, I, di- I didn't know that she actually had a region. Yeah, they, they assign them different regions because that keeps them separate, separate and they can also, um, they can also uh, respond to areas quickly. It's kind of like having fire stations in a town. You have to kind of... Right space them out so they can reach her. Yeah, same idea. But yeah, I loved it in the end. Uh, absolutely amazing final volume. I was technically enjoying it all the way up until that early 20s. I thought it had a lot of really cool things it was introducing. And then, it, like I said, it kind of lost its, not really lost its way. It just kind of got a little bit too much, too many big things fighting each other. And then it had a really cool conclusion. And it had a really awesome moment. I don't want to say anything, but a really awesome moment. Uh, I have no way that I can say it that would be not spoilery, but something you you thought I don't even say that. Okay, never mind. I'm not gonna say anything. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Anyways, anything else before we continue? More? I don't know. <laughs> no, anything else in general that you've been doing lately that you want to talk about? Not off the top of my head. Okay. Right stuff. Holiday sales been happening. It's been yeah. a little crazy. Been a little crazy. Right. I'm doing my. Every midnight, I check the site, and I refresh a bunch until it pops up, and then I tweet people saying, this is great, check this out, and then I get to bed at like 1.30, which I really shouldn't be doing, <laughs> and it's probably to explain why I'm so tired lately, um, but yeah, that's been exciting. Uh, Sentai Filmworks actually stepped up. They they jumped the gun like not even, I think a week earlier, no, I want to say four days earlier, because technically, uh, yeah, it was about four days earlier, Sentai Filmworks started doing theirs, and they were doing like even more cheaper than what Right Stuff was doing. But the funny thing was, is I, I ended up buying two orders from Sentai Filmworks, and they both came in with, from Right Stuff. <laughs> so uh, we had some people that were questioning if how they were going to process the orders, and it's like, I think technically Sentai Filmworks has not really dealt with this much kind of volume, but we ended up finding out that actually Right Stuff was fulfilling them. So that was really kind of interesting to kind of see where that was actually coming from, but... 
yeah, that was that's been exciting. Um, I we just recorded our first unboxing, holiday unboxing. So hopefully, I'll get that posted uh, Monday at the latest, or maybe I'll have it done before this podcast. I don't know, but uh, check that out definitely. And that's that's about it. That's that's about all that's been going on lately. But uh, yeah, if you want to jump right into the news, sure. I, I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but we're from otakusphere.com. You can go there for our news reviews and coverage of new anime, as well as our forum community at the top. Social media links on the right side and all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, first piece of news, and I don't want to really jump into this too much because it's still in the allegation territory. Uh, but uh, apparently, Gainax is allegedly owes Studio Kara 100 million yen in royalties? That's a lot of money. Not really. That's only a million dollars. That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. Um, I know that you're just rolling in the dough, and that just seems like chump change. I know you blow your nose on a million, but... Well, I was talking about it from these guys' perspective. <laughs> well, no, my, my, my point is, is I, I was meaning to I'm kind of curious as to why. But apparently, one of the... This is part of the case that was put forward, is that they're claiming that uh, Gynax had agreed to pay... Studio Kara, if you don't know, Studio Kara is pretty much the studio that uh, Hideaki Anno had created. All right. Um, and they're people from Gynex. And apparently Gynex had agreed to paying the Studio Kara themselves royalties on things that Hideaki Anno had worked on when he's with Gynex. So apparently they haven't been paying that. So, oops. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the, the more interesting thing is, is that, that doesn't seem like much... It actually does actually seem like a lot. But it's kind of one of those things where you're kind of wondering, is this a death blow to Gynex? Because I don't know that Gynex is... Well, I guess Gynex is still making a lot of money from Hideaka Ano's stuff, but what outside of that are they making that is actually making any money? I mean, you look at... We're looking at the Studio Gynex's stuff, and it's like anything that is a big whopper has Hideaki Ano's name on it. Uh, outside of... Now, even Gunbuster is, of course, done by him. Uh, Kuli, maybe, <laughs> yeah. but I mean that's that's the fear. Well, I mean, production the, IG has that now. And the, the thing is that if you look back at their catalog in the last you know sixteen years, it's not really much. They haven't really done much. I mean, the the recent one that we actually know of was Wish Upon a Playdus, uh, Dying Buster, maybe, and then that goes into Hideakoyano from that point on. So it's like, were they exactly making? And I guess the only thing that's going to tell if this would be a death blow to Gainax. And again, this is all just speculation. They could possibly not even go through with this. They could possibly set something up with them. Um, but my fear, and of course, the, the statements that are happening now is like, is this going to death blow Gynax? Because are they doing are they doing anything that will bring enough money to be able to pay that off? Or I guess the better question is, is wh- how much of royalties are they paying for this stuff? Is it is it 100% of what he makes from Neon Genesis Evangelion? Because that's enough to keep them afloat. Or are they only having to pay a certain amount of that? Then, yeah, definitely, I guess they could pay that off. So, I don't know. It's 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 sucks because that's a that's a studio and that could definitely hurt them. But at the same time, if they agree to that, then they should definitely be paying it. No no question there. Uh, but this is a filing at the Tokyo District Court. Uh, Gainax agreed to pay royalties for Kara to the property's co-founder Hideaki Anno has uh, worked on, um, and this is according to the. Mainichi, Mainichi Shinbun newspaper, and according to Anime News Network, they had translated it. So, yeah. Anything else on that one? No, that's actually quite a shock. Yep, yep. 
Um, another guy next news, guy next West, he's a panty and stocking. So I guess it's the way they can get themselves back and float. <laughs> On their Twitter account, they had posted an image with silhouettes of panty and stocking characters with a coming soon with two M's. I'm not sure what that implies. Um, <laughs> and they later posted a tweet that reads, not pachinko. So it's not going to be a pachinko machine at least. So I'm, I, I actually, I really, really want to go and watch that show and just finish it. I always end up like stopping after like two episodes. It's such a weird show. Yeah, very, very coarse show. Very... Uh, very Western, I guess is the best way I would put it. And that's, that's kind of one of the reasons why I never really checked it out. So I do like, um, Penny and Stockings, um, anime form, if you want to call it that, the, the stylized form. I don't really care for the, the simplistic, uh, Western feel of it. If that makes any sense, Powerpuff Girl looked at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, well, Powerpuff Girl has its own charm. This is kind of. In the middle of the two, I guess, in a, yeah. in a weird way. I, They're not chibi. But when they do actually do their actual anime transformation type scenes, it they look absolutely gorgeous. But hey, that's that's me. Yeah. Um, but if that can be a success, definitely it'll be a, a way for them to make that money back. <laughs> uh, next piece of news. Have you missed Assassination Classroom, Chris? I don't want to say I do. I have no answer to that now, but <laughs> the news bit is basically they have a spinoff. Kuro t- uh, Teacher Quest is coming out. Um, I think the first one is supposed to air during a theater- theatrical screening of the Assassination Classroom movies, um, but it's going to begin on 20- December 23rd, and it's based off a spinoff manga uh, where Kuro Sensei is a demon king in a fantasy world with uh, swords and magic. It's going to be 12 episodes, 10 minutes each. So, yeah. Curious. I guess it's the best way to continue on the stories to have them being goofy, <laughs> uh, fantasy style show. Andrew's been waiting for a fantasy show. Assassination Classroom delivers. There you go. So hopefully, Curl Sensei will be like the Overlord of like Overlord, and be crazy and stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, in other news, Blood Blockade Battlefront season two has been announced for 2017, and I don't. Did you finish the first season? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he did. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's going to be a thing. Uh, Shoisha Jump SQ Magazine had announced it. Uh, it's Kenkai Sensei and Beyond or Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond or BBB and B. So now it's got four Bs. So that makes it even better. Uh, but again, this is being done by Studio Bones and it is going to have a new director. So maybe that'll keep them from having <laughs> three month delay on the last episodes. Uh, they showed like the, the sad thing is they showed like the reprising roles for the voices and Andrew started getting sad and everybody that watched the show knows what I mean. So there you go. Anywho, other, I guess this is not, I was going to say another better news, but no life-size Gundam statue in Tokyo is being taken down on March 5th. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kukarek already had posted about this on the, our, uh. Our, our Mecha News Bulletin that he keeps on our forum. So definitely go check that out if you're a Mecha fan. He does a really good job of keeping us posted on, on Mecha News. So, But Bandai announced it on Gundam.info. The statue is a life-size RX-78-2 mobile suit and the original mobile suit Gundam series. Uh, originally unveiled in Odaiba's Shiokaze Park in 2009 and has been in Tokyo since 2012. 
Uh, this is part of a Tokyo Gundam project, which is a waterfront revitalization project, and it has temporarily ended. So the Gundam Front Tokyo attraction in Diver City, Tokyo Mall, um, is also going to be uh, taken down as well. So uh, ANN had pointed out that the uh, in 2014, the Mobile Suit Challenge press conference announced that they were at plans of making the Gundam statue move by 2019, but Bandai did not say anything about it. this project of tearing it down uh, being because of that whole idea of making it more mobile. So it's kind of, it's sad, but at the same time, it could mean that they could actually get it uh, even more cooler. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, if you have plans of going to Japan in order to, and you're a big fan of Gundam, you might want to move your schedule up before March 5th. <laughs> that is, that is kind of suck though. It looks really awesome. I would definitely love to see it. Uh, but maybe maybe sometime in the future. Another Gundam news. Gundam Unicorn. Re-0096 is going to air on Toonami. I think they said something about it taking place of what Iron Blood Orphans is currently airing. The the slot because Iron Blood Orphans is done. So, <laughs> But that is going to start airing on in January. And of course it's going to run 22 episodes. Uh, I definitely want to watch it again. I, I actually want to watch the original OVA the next time I watch it. But... Like we've mentioned on our Gundam reviews, I've been getting more excited about rewatching that one since I've watched all the original ones now. So I have more reference to the characters, and uh, I think it'll be a lot more, a lot more exciting. But yeah, of course, when they did the simulcast, they were simulcasting the dubs as well. So everything, all the assets are there. So it's definitely a cool bit of news. Yep. Yeah. In other news, the trailer for the second The Ancient Magus's Bride anime has been posted. So. Stop what you're doing and go check out the trailer for that because that's awesome. Uh, it's going to open in theaters in February. Um, it's going to ship in manga for uh, with the mangas in March. Uh, the fourth part, if you didn't know, actually aired on the- in theaters in August. And, of course, Crunchyroll had streamed it. And then it was bundled and it is going to be bundled in with the sixth volume of the manga. And, yeah. I've been checking out the manga. And I'm... <laughs> It's funny because I went from uh, Claymore, which was a lot more action-oriented, so it was a lot of, you know, running through the panels really quickly. It flowed really well. And so it's horrible, right? What? Claymore? Ma- no, Ancient Oh, no, 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 no. I'll get to that. <laughs> and so I went to reading the, the Ancient Magus's Bride, which is very much more dialogue-heavy, and I'm like, I'm not getting through this manga at all as fast as I was Claymore because I was just kind of going quickly through the claymore and now i'm on the ancient magus bride I'm, I'm reading all this dialogue and it's all intriguing um but no i'm absolutely loving it. i'm probably like three quarters of the first volume and the setup's great i like the here's this girl that was a slave um being bought by this um this mage and he's very he's very socially awkward but he seems to think that he knows what he needs to do in order to make her his apprentice and treat her correctly and it backfires because he's not really treating her correctly <laughs> so i'm assuming that's going to come to fold eventually but it's really cute it's very sweet and it's got this kind of underlying uh development of this really kind of expansive world that's kind of in it so definitely enjoying it so far and i got five yeah I got the five, first five volumes so that'll be good to consume uh, but yeah, now I'm, I'm excited about this and of course if you did not know the the anime is actually a prequel that takes place before, because I mean the the manga opens up right. She's being sold at auction right in the first page, 
and he buys her. Whereas the anime is where it's kind of going into when she was back in the human world and how she kind of found her way into this world of magic. So, And the first one was really cool. It was really well animated, and so I'm excited about the, the second part, too. Yeah. Um, in other news, yes, Funimation indeed has the disappearance of uh, Haruhi Suzumiya. I thought that was part of the box set that you got. No. We talked no. about this when we unboxed it. <laughs> okay. I love this because we did the same thing. We were that talking. was a long time ago, so... <laughs> We did an unboxing of uh, of that holiday sale, and it was like I mentioned something during it, and then afterwards I mentioned something. Chris is like, "Really?" I'm like, "I just said that in the unboxing." <laughs> so I'm thinking, whenever we do an unboxing video, it's just he just he goes into another world. He's watching the stuff that's being unboxed, and he's he's entranced. I guess it was Yuki Yuna stuff, huh? Yeah, it was, okay, it was Yuki, Yuki Yuna stuff. Yuki Yuna stuff. Spoiler. I, I kind of went, uh, pretty pretty colors. <laughs> Pretty colors, pretty pretty colors. Anyways, uh, yeah, everybody th- everybody thinks that Chris has a has the brain of a, a slug. <laughs> I, yes, I do. I'm stupid. <laughs> he's just he's that anime character that just looks blankly into the distance, and then suddenly out of nowhere he goes, oh! and he, that, little, that little blink noise comes above their head, and they go, oh. But anyways, uh, ball, <laughs> ball. <laughs> But no, when we were unboxing the Haruhi Suzumiya collector edition that Funimation had released, I was pointing out the fact that it had this kind of box insert, and it was like, mm, maybe they have that insert there so that they can put the movie in it later. So apparently, that's the case. Hopefully, the binding matches. That way, when we do insert it into that collector edition, it doesn't look awkward. But uh, yeah, that'll be cool. Or maybe they'll make it too big and it won't fit anyways. So we'll see. Uh, but Funimation confirmed it uh, that they that they had licensed the movie. Uh, they will release the film on Blu-ray and DVD in the first half of 2017. And of course, it is a 163-minute long film that adapts the fourth light novel of the Suzumi Haruhi light novels. So, and of course, everybody doesn't like that fact because apparently everybody thinks it's too long. <laughs> I've not watched it yet, so I don't know if that's the case. But people have said that it kind of drags out. So we'll we'll see when it comes out. And we'll do a full review of everything, maybe, eventually. Anything else on that one? Nope. I no? can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next bit of news we have, I just found this out last night, and I was kind of excited, but uh, well, I was I was mixed, actually. It was uh, Amazon has Amazon UK now has listings for the Lyrical Nanaha series. I was talking to somebody about this regarding Vivid, and the fact that Vivid is on, uh, was licensed by Amazon and we were kind of discussing this, and it was it kind of came to this point where, yeah, tech, and this is Ellie, by the way, from our community, was from our community before. Um, but I talked to her on the side, talking about this, and we mentioned the idea that it's kind of crazy that they have this, because technically nobody has Lyrical Nanaha. And when you think about Amazon picking up Vivid, it was like, okay, if anybody has the money to finally bring Lyrical Nanaha to the West, it'd be Amazon. They have money. <laughs> I mean, they waste... They, they fork money for shipping and all this kind of great stuff that they do. Uh, but having this case, this kind of just proves it. Now having these listings for, they have Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaha. They have Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaha Strikers S, or I don't know if you say it's Strikers or Striker S. And uh, Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaha A's. So three listings on there now. Really exciting. My mixed, <laughs> why I say mixed is because that's UK and as we kind of experienced the idea that uh, North America, Amazon has technically 
The Great Passage. They have Vivid. They have what's the other one? Cheese Sweet Home, the new one, I think. I don't know. And they, none of those they are on never there. release anything, so <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I, it, it, they said they're going to eventually release them, so I'm assuming that they're turning into a Netflix model in America, and now they're going to do this whole thing where they hold it until the last minute and they release it all at once. Maybe they're testing to see if that'll work better than doing simulcast of it. I don't know, but I'm I'm upset at Amazon now because uh, I think I have later I was talking about, um, and I don't have it on here, so I can mention it now. Scum's Wish. Scum's Wish uh, is the Noitama Block show currently marked as the Noitama Block. I have to say currently marked now because we thought, uh, what was supposed to be in Noitama's Block this season? You Didn't... thought that Yuri on Ice was. I thought that Yuri on Ice was. Yuri on Ice was listed in their in their Wikipedia page. It was, it was, it was, uh, they have a, they had a, a reference and everything. And then a little bit before that, and we even mentioned on the podcast, and then it switched to The Great Passage. So that's why I'm saying that. But Scum's Wish is marked as going to be the next Noitama show. And I was checking out the PV for it. Looks gorgeous. Like, I thought this would be a kind of... Th- and I was thinking it was going to be a throwaway show, but then you think anything that goes on Noitama Block either has something artistic behind it, or it just has some really great animation behind it. They don't hold back if it's on Noitama, Noitama's Block. So it looked great. and But then I immediately go but it's on Amazon. And I was like, crap, now I'm doing that with them. Like I got the same mentality as I had with that. I have with Netflix. If I see it's going to be Netflix or if I see it's going to be Amazon now, I go crap. Yeah, we never even bothered to, to go back for that PA works Mecca. They just released it. <laughs> I don't doubt it. So, I mean, it's, there's it's, a reason it's why. Like, I, I, but see, the point is, is like, what, why, I, why would I go and binge a show that I, when it, I, yeah, I was vaguely interested in it because it was PA Works, but it's not that big of a deal. I, I, I still haven't gone and watched the Simbad stuff. I Yeah, I'm vaguely interested in it, but I'm not going to go out of my way. I definitely don't want to binge. I don't have time to binge a show anymore. Unless it's Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> well, the problem that comes is that, as of course, a lot of our our drive to watching anime is to be part of the conversation. Yeah. And if you don't have that drive to be part of the conversation, it do, that drive is kind of goes away. With the Netflix stuff, it's really that case of like, yeah, we go watch it, but then who do you talk to about it? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I, I know it just popped up on Netflix, but I haven't got around to watching it yet. So you can't talk to that person about it. So it does kind of pull away that, that conversation that comes with that. And of course, there's the opposite to that in which... You might have some people that go out and watch it, but then there's, you don't want to go watch it because you're afraid of spoilers and yeah, all that kind of stuff really sucks. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited that Amazon looks like they're investing in the lyrical Nanaha. Hopefully Amazon will do a release of them. We haven't seen anything about, uh, of course, Cabinary got picked up by Crunchyroll. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I guess that point's mute. Uh, so let's move forward. But, uh, yeah, exciting to hear about that for Nanaha and all the Nanaha fans out there. Kogias. Yes, Kogias is back. It's going to get a compilation film of the first two seasons, as well as a sequel anime. This was announced by Sunrise at the, at the Kogias 10th anniversary event. Uh, the first announcement, of course, was the three-part compilation film based on the original series. It's going to be a recap of the 50-episode series. Uh, going to have re-recorded lines for the film and will include new scenes. 
And this is uh, the first film of these will open in 2017. And the second announcement, of course, is Kogias Fukatsu no Lelouch, which is going to be a sequel to the original, or it's going to be the third season, technically. Um, so it doesn't have any kind of specific format for it, whether it's going to be a one core, two core, 15 core, whatever. And the story is, of course, going to take place several years after the previous series. And I won't say anything more than that, because if you look into this at all and you don't know anything about Kogias, you're going to see spoilers. So I'm I'm yeah. <laughs> I I think I'm seeing a spoiler and I don't really want to know. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask, but I don't want to ask <laughs> the 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 translation of the title. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I kind of didn't mention it. So hopefully that hides it for some people. But the the essentially it's one of those things of like you know what happens the significance of the end of the second season the significance of what happened kind of gets ruined if you know it's going to come up in the third season and they've kind of already specified what's going to happen in third season so be careful about what you look into for kogias because it might actually ruin the show for you and it was one of those cases when it got announced i'm like i don't really see i i do kind of see one area of the story that you can kind of expand on but at the same time, I was like, crap, because Chris hasn't watched this yet, and he has to watch out for all these spoilers now. So I guess we're watching that here soon, because Chris needs to avoid spoilers, because that was a fantastic ending to the second season. So, Anywho, moving forward, Card Capture Sakura Clear Card Arc manga is getting an anime, anime adaptation. They finally announced the Clear Card Arc release anime adaptation thing going to air in january 2018 so it's still a year away still a year away <laughs> um, this is announced... so much for that anniversary huh <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll at least have my car captor sakura good smile company anniversary figure by then um it's going to be air of course i had to mention that uh announced in the kodansha nakayoshi magazine and it's based off the sequel manga car captor sakura clear card arc and it's going to have returning director mario morio Asaka and Madhouse Studio. So don't worry, it's not going to be a Toei animation screw up. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Toei. <laughs> They're doing fine on the Dragon Ball C. <laughs> because you got the second edit. <laughs> no, the 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 more recent episodes have not I I guess there's a little bit of a drop in the quality, but it hasn't been that bad. <laughs> it's probably the same case of uh Sailor Moon Crystal, where when you got the second and third well, arc, it technically you, got better. You'll, you'll go and watch it, and then you'll go, this all looks like crap. And I'm oh like... Oh, gosh. So everything's in CG. <laughs> Wait, Chris, did you notice? Everything is in CG. Everything. Well, it looks... It, you can definitely tell... It, I know we're going back into this for some reason. You can definitely tell it's... Uh, what's that? DigiPaint? Is that what it's called? It looks very, very... Um, Oh, yeah, they're not hand-drawing and selling Yeah, stuff. those are not hand-drawn at all. You Nothing can tell. Um, but it it definitely, I guess if you don't care for that m type of modeling, it probably would bother you. But it doesn't look that bad to me. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's okay. Right. It's Madhouse, though. Madhouse will do a good job. That's all I'm saying. Right. That's all I'm saying. Right. I have um, no idea what you're saying. But we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> Next piece of news, Sutomu Nihei is uh, going to launch a new manga. I believe it's going to be in April. Yeah. Shonen Serious uh, April issue is going to have it serialized. And, of course, if you don't know who Tsumo Tsutomu is, he did the Nice Sidonia and Blomu. 
Yes, I pronounced that right. Blame. Blamu. Blame. Blamu. I I looked it up, okay? It's Blamu. <laughs> Anyways, news. Moo? News. Why would it be moo? Because it's they me. always do ooh at the end of things. Blamu. That doesn't make any sense. Yes, they do. They do blamu. There's a may. Yeah, but they're 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 doing an English word in Japanese, so they don't say that like that. Oh, I, I didn't want to do this conversation. New series is going to be <laughs> the new series is going to be called uh, Ningyo no Kuni or Country of Dolls, and no other information about it. But uh, if you're a fan of Blamu and Nice Sidonia, you have a new series coming in. And apparently, this is supposed to be his first actual uh, shonen manga serialized series like not that it's going to be a shonen i guess it would it's going to be a shonen because it's going to be in a a shonen manga compilation thingy majiggy so yeah that's that's important to some people yen press yay yen press yes is, is, i like has announced new new titles they're they're licensing more stuff so uh sound of phonium novels is going to come All over right. cool Magical Rise, Magical Girl Rising Project, as Chris calls it. See, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably say right now, uh, at least Sound Euphonium and Magical Girl is gonna be physical. It's not gonna be digital. They don't do. I don't know why they don't do novels and novels form. on the on the app. They just don't. And the last one is Grimgar Fantasy and Ash, the manga. They licensed that one as well. So I wish they would have got the light novel. But. I know, right? <laughs> I'm kind of curious if how, I guess at least if I can hear from people that the Grimgar Fantasy and Ash manga follows the light novel spot on, I'll be fine with doing the manga. But uh, yeah, it's going to take a while for it to get caught up. <laughs> that's the problem. So well, I guess it wouldn't take too long because we only got one core. So that's that's exciting. I'll definitely look into that one. Uh, next, the last bit of news I have here. As Discotech picks up license for Crusher Joe anime film and OVA series, they kind of just announced this today. So, uh, Crusher Joe, the movie, is going to be an early 2017 on DVD release. And they have mentioned that they're also, some point in the future, planning on doing a Blu-ray. And Crusher Joe, the OVAs, but there's no release time on that one or release window. Uh, both released previously from Anime Ego in 2003 on DVD. If it doesn't know what Crusher Joe is, the synopsis from Anime Ego is the galaxy is a strange and dangerous place, and there are times when even the United Space Force can't help. That's where the Crushers come in, skilled troublemakers who deal with any problem, large or small, for any fee, large only. It's going to print this And there's no better Crusher than Crusher Joe. This totally sounds like, like half the anime back then. <laughs> <laughs> There's things going of rust, uh, amuckus, and Are the only people that can you've seen this a million times. No, I'm saying it's amazing because that's <laughs> how those, that's how that was back then. Is just here's bad things happening. The police don't do anything about it, but there's the guys that do anything, any job because they're crazy. Uh, I recognize the show, but I don't remember anything about it. So I don't know if I watched it or maybe I just watched trailers on ADV's videos or something like that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Crusher Joe coming from Discotech. Awesome stuff. I remember a Joe, but it didn't. I don't remember a Crusher Joe, so it may be the one that I'm thinking of, but I doubt it. Doesn't sound right. It shouldn't be Crusher. Hmm. I'm I'm thinking of an MMA guy. I think. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> break your back while he solves the problems. Anyways, that's all the news we have, or that we think is interesting. 
Let's move on to our community. Again, if you can go to otakuspirit.com, you can go up the top link there. It has a forum link. You can go on there and register. Go to the anime cast forums. Go to the anime question thread. You can post your questions there. Uh, then you can talk to all of our other great community members in there as well. It's great people. Just make a little introduction post, and they will just flood you and talk to you and ask you what your favorite anime is. Uh, but you can also go to the main otakuspirit.com website, and up at the top you have a link that says contact us, and you can post a question there. Um, or you can just go find us on the social media links on the right side. Many ways to get a hold of us and ask us questions. Uh, let's start off with AVP Man. AVP Man says, What's up, Chris and Andrew? You guys do an awesome job, and I really appreciate the work you put into this. Have you guys went to any special event where they show new anime movies in select movie theaters around the U.S.? I watched Dragon Ball Z, Battle of Gods, Resurrection of F, and The Boy and the Beast in theaters, which I had a lot of fun with. I'm also going to be watching Digimon Adventure Tri dubbed in theaters on Thursday. Uh, I am really excited about, I'm really excited for that. So far, every time I have gone to the theaters have actually been full, uh, which is pretty cool to see. Thanks again, guys. You're welcome. Thank you for, for checking us out. Um, no, <laughs> because we're in the boonies, and the only way that we can go watch these theater releases is by... Probably at a least, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably about an eight-hour trip just to watch it. And as exciting as that, and I mean, that's the ones that are actually widespread theaters, the ones that actually do hit a lot of theaters. There's some that are just, yeah, you only get to them unless you're in a major city, and we're not in a major city. So I, as much as I want to watch them, I'm not going to pay gas or fly just to go out and watch the thing and take an entire day out of it. So... Which really kills me for, like, a silent voice and, and your name, but that's the nature of the beast. Hopefully, if things change in the future, maybe we'll be in a location where we can do that, <laughs> but not for now. But that does sound exciting. I uh, Technically, I guess, I guess I can't answer that question. This is probably not in the same vein as what you're talking about, but technically, I did go to a theater for a quote-unquote anime, and that was the first Pokemon movie. I've never been to any of them. And, of course, like I've mentioned before, that killed my entire like of Pokemon <laughs> because that was technically for a quote unquote children's movie. And so there was nothing but children there and it drove me nuts and I got, I hated it. So yeah, nothing really outside of the Pokemon movie. And I would, like I said, I would love to see those other ones though. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, could you have you. imagined watching ghost in the shell in a movie theater? That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I guess that's what's cool about uh, anime films anymore recently is it's such a niche thing, and they're not trying to push it into the wider audience that you do get nothing but really the true fans there, and such a so it ends up becoming an event. I've I've heard stories about like the Love Live movies and the and the Girls on Panzer movies and having this kind of fandom that comes there and they all love it together. It's really cool. The whole glowy sticks for Love Live <laughs> got got to be cool. Uh, but thanks for the question, AVP man. Um, Yumei Star says, Hi, Chris and Andrew. I have listened to your podcast for about four months. I'm sorry. <laughs> you both do an amazing job, and I really enjoy topics. Uh, I am brand new to the forums, and uh, so far, really great experience. I, I guess this is a really old post, because you've been around for a while now. <laughs> Everyone is so friendly. No one tro no trolls to be found. He here are some questions for you. You always seem to be asking for them. One, what is your favorite food to eat? Do you cook it yourself or order it out? My favorite food, I think, is still shrimp. And I've tried to cook it once. It would turn out all right. But no, I'm not going to go actually, like, I mean, I'm talking about, like, where it's just, like, the meat. 
I'm not not cutting up shrimp or anything like that. So if that if that counts, where I just take it out of the frozen and I pour it onto the the thing and I cook it, then yeah, I've cooked it myself. But yeah, I think that my safest bet would probably be lasagna. Um, I've kind of grown away from it, but that's still kind of the one that comes to mind automatically. Outside of maybe chili dogs, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I I've never that. If you ask me on any particular day, I may be in a mood for a different thing. So I'm I'm very, very indecisive, I guess. <laughs> He's a ditherer when it comes to food. Yeah. <laughs> so why is all this food around me? I don't know what to do. I don't know why they're always following me around. <laughs> Except for onions. I hate onions. I despise them. Yes, he's weird people. He's definitely a ditherer. Um, let's see here. Second question. What is your favorite prize anime item? This can be anything. Praised anime item, I guess. No, like, it says this can we anything. So that that makes don't it make to where fun we of can, a misspelling. No, no, I'm not making fun of it. It, it says typo, that. Rather. See, that means that we can say all of our stuff because then we, you know. No. See, I'm getting around the 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 trick. See, it says prized, but see, we can pick everything. No, no, doesn't work like that. <laughs> My uh, my Tama, uh, Hime, Sun Goddess one. I love selector it. infected. We cross. We cross thingy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it would be selector and in, in, incited. Selector incited. Wouldn't that be where it was at? It's the second season. Spread. Selector spread. There you go. All right. Um, incited. I think is the movie, right? Yes. Or is it destructed? No, it's destructed. <laughs> What's incited? That's a, that's a, the second the the new season. Never mind. I'm sorry. If you ask me, like, the more rarest thing that I have that's probably worth the most is probably going to be the Neon Just Evangelion box set. My, personally, what I love, um, I don't know, I, I guess probably, I don't know, I can't decide, they're all my babies. I, I guess probably the, uh, um, I always say deep, my, either my Deep Sea Miku or my, uh, or my, uh, I guess I can probably point to my Fook figure of Saber Altar. I think it's pretty incredible. But uh, yeah, it's probably my tomb right there. Third question. Do you have a favorite 90s anime series you enjoy? Too many. Tenchi? Yeah. Neon Jesus Evangelion again? Or Escaflone, which I need to watch again. Armitage? Was that, was that early 90s? Yeah, I guess it was. I guess that's the 90s. Lots of them, though. We 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 definitely enjoy our nineties. We mention them a lot, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's where we kind of were, that's where we first introduced to it. So a lot of those shows are kind of even if they aren't the greatest shows now. Like I, I'll watch like uh, uh, Project Echo, which I think might have been a late eighties show. Actually, I'm not sure. Area, uh, uh, all those ones that we watched when we were kids, they're like, yeah, they might not be like standoutish today, like great writing, insane writing with some great twists, but they hold a a little sweet spot in our heart. Like, love Hina and stuff like that. I mean, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. Sailor Moon and all that stuff. Sailor Moon. Yeah. Keep doing what you guys do best. Thank you, you made me star. Definitely thank you for joining the, the forums and being a part of the discussion. Def- definitely love having you. Jack TWD fourth chimes in and says, Hello, gentlemen. After I watched the last batch of Digimon Try, there's two questions about Digimon Try now. Or did, yeah, that was AVP Man. Digimon Try episodes i wanted to know how you felt about the delivery of it 
I know you guys uh, frowned on the Netflix approach of anime episode dump at the end of the current season or later. Are episode dumps okay if they are released worldwide at the same time, or do you prefer weekly release schedule? Prefer weekly release, because I can schedule it in. Uh, Binge is practically impossible anymore. Yeah, the first question, no. (laughs) And I watched the Digimon tries. I wanted to watch them, but I'm like, eh, not... I loved Digimon back in the day, but I'm not too sure about jumping back into it, but maybe eventually. But yeah, to your question, yeah, it's, it's, I definitely prefer a weekly schedule. I, and yes, I do definitely love the idea of a worldwide release. There's nothing, I don't think you can find anybody that's like, no, it should only be North America or it only should be Europe. Worldwide release of anything is a great thing, but dump versus gradually yeah it's it's definitely going to be more weight on the idea of simulcast because that's just i guess that's really just how we've we've built our schedule around we've built our schedule around the idea of watching things as they come out on a weekly basis one per episode but technically i guess i was talking to chris about this the other day where i've i've listened to certain groups that will do one series watch through and review on that week and I think that's definitely a better model for watching shows because you're able to consume the entire thing and talk about it. But technically, again, this goes back to our previous discussion about the idea of you're not in with the discussion if you're not watching as it releases. If I had, like, if like they, they contact me and said, what way should we do all anime from now on? I'd, I'd probably go release a full series each week and we'll consume the entire series that week. And then the next week you can release the entire next series and we can consume that entire series. Because technically, that is probably going to be the more optimal way of watching a show. Because technically, yeah, we, I, you try to think about an episode one when you're 13 episodes into the season and you're watching 30 shows. You're going to forget what happened in the first episode of one show unless it really stands out to you. So it really does become a thing of can you keep track of these shows as you're watching them throughout the week? You have to deal with cliffhangers, <laughs> which kind of sucks for some shows. Like I just had an, a Colt 9 cliffhanger, and so I have to deal with that. Well, the other issue is also in the in the aspect of what people come and, and and this is one of those interesting things that a lot of people come to a podcast for a review or a in our case just us discussing what what we've watched and if we enjoyed it or not. Um, and what a lot of people do is they tend to watch the entire series and then do a review. But the problem is is that. Yeah, you you can get a review, but if if I wait until the entire show is out, what's the point in waiting for a review of it? I mean, you yeah. guys generally that's why we do the kind of mid-season kind of talks where we discuss, okay, we kind of like this show, we're going to go ahead and keep going on it. Um and we we hope that you guys by the way, if you guys are are wanting any particular of the shows that we went ahead and let go, if you guys want those to be talked about, you guys got to start picking up and start telling us what which shows you're interested in hearing about so that we can go back on those. Um, that's a side note. Um, but yeah, it, uh, the the problem with doing the wait until the end and then and then, OK, now we'll talk about this show um, is they tend to go out farther when they're not really relevant anymore. You guys are wanting to hear, I, I would assume a lot of people want to hear about the shows that are on right now. Are they any good? Okay, I'm going to go and watch it. Well, if I'm, if we're waiting until, you know, 
a year out before we tell you about it, what's the point? I, you you probably have already watched it if you cared about it. And I was talking more on how these uh, companies release their shows, but right. yeah, and the idea of reviews, it does help in a case of like there's a show that's you know 20 years old and you want to know about, well, what's this show that just got re- uh, re-released? Oh, let's tell you about it, and that's kind of cool right there, but yeah. Being prompt is pretty cool because it it's, again, part of the discussion and partly because, oh, well, I went through the entire series and I only picked up three shows. And now Chris and Andrew are raving about this one show. So I know it's not just full on Moe because otherwise only Chris would like it. <laughs> and I know it's not full on Gore because then only Andrew would like it. So at least then I can get an idea of that. Oh, I should probably go check that out before it's no longer part of the discussion or it's no longer streaming on Crunchyroll or something because technically streaming rights do expire eventually. So, yeah. Hope that answers your question on that one. Also, let's see here. No, that wasn't the question. Thanks for the question, Jack TW Fourth. I'm sorry we went on a side tangent there. <laughs> uh, Whiskey Jack 19 said, Hey, fellas. I was wondering if you guys watch dubs when you review older anime or stick to sh- uh, strictly subs or watch some kind of dubs uh, dubbed and some of it subbed. Uh, we do sometimes check out dubs. It usually never works out for us because we do personal taste. We do prefer the original seiyus and their portrayal of the characters. Um, I it's going to get into whole dub versus sub discussion again, but we just I me personally I like how the original intent of the characters is portrayed by the you know the seiyus. They are in there with the producers and they portray the personality of the character they want. Whereas a dub, I think, sometimes loses that. Some things don't bridge over cultures. And when you hear somebody try to act like a ginky character, it usually doesn't work out. Um, I am making it into a sub versus dub discussion. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. That we No matter how many times we say it, we don't care. If you got, love the dub, go for the dub. It, it, it works for a lot of people. Oh, we, were, we were talking about, again, this going back to our unboxing of, of the holiday release, the fact that Shirobako doesn't have a dub. Um, in the release from Sendai Filmworks. Me, when I see that, I go, crap, because I know there's a lot of people out there that love dubs, and I think that Shirobako is an excellent show that needs to be watched by everybody, and if somebody cannot watch subs, whether it be because it doesn't, they don't like it, or they just can't read it fast enough, something, I would love for them to be able to watch it, and it sucks that they can't, so... um. On that note, every now and then I'll, uh, if I'm watching a show alone, sometimes if I don't have the time or I'm just trying to watch it on the side, I'll watch it like that. I've been watching quite a bit of uh, uh, Super Gals. I'm switching back and forth between dub and sub, depending on if I am trying to kind of multitask or if I'm wanting to really get into it. Because, <laughs> and it's hard for me because I found out that one of the characters, Rhea Kajimia, and I'm like, oh, she's on the screen, change it back to sub. <laughs> I can't watch a show that has Ryu Kojima in it and not watch sub. So that's that's yeah, the other I problem. Mean, I mean, that's 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 like, and we've it, grown to love. That's the other thing. I know there's a lot of people that love different voice actors. They love Vince Mignogna or something like that. They love these English voice actors. Um, we're the same way with the Japanese voice actor. We every time we're watching a show, we're like. That's my, uh, you know, Ria Kajimia, or that's that's uh, Yume from uh, Grimgar. I mean, we we have these these voices that just stand out to us, and we we jump on them. They are our rock stars, so we have that same feeling. And I know that that's the same for a lot of dub people. They go, "Oh my gosh, there is this character, and it's being voiced by this person," and I'm so happy. 
I, I we have that same effect. So and and generally, I don't I don't mind. And, and this is going to sound weird. I don't mind watching a show. I, I mean, I would really love to, a twenty four hour. Um, uh, anime network. I know that that Viz supposedly has Neon Alley, or possibly um, uh, there's a. Is that what you were asking about Neon Alley? Yeah, I am not going to have you streaming that twenty four seven. Stop. <laughs> um, I I would love to have that kind of stuff so that I can just have it on and and just watch shows and not have to worry about you know reading subtitles. I like that concept. So when it comes to dubs, I don't mind them. I just. I don't prefer the voice acting over Japanese voice acting. That's that's a personal preference for me. But I do like dub and what it's there for. I know they dubbed uh, um, the Supernatural Battles became commonplace. I really need to go find somebody has had to have posted the clip of them dubbing that scene because I don't think you can pull that off. I don't think anybody can pull that one it's off. It's like I could I could I could turn on Naruto and and just be fine with it being on and having it in dub and i have no problems with it being on believe it yeah <laughs> don't have a problem with it whiskey jack 19 also said uh, also uh, we totally made a sub versus dub comment <laughs> also now that the two of you are raging gundam fanboys i'm not sure if we're there yet I, I think somebody said that we're not in that realm yet because we couldn't answer a certain question what are some of your favorite mobile suits from the franchise gundam or otherwise i think we were both big on the new gundam yeah, I like Barbados. I I think he's absolutely yeah. imposing looking, and I love Freaking his, his thing with a gigantic I, his weapon. Big old, <laughs> his big old uh, mace, I love it. Um, but I but it, I do have. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I or earlier today when I was reading through these. Um, there there's two others that I kind of if if you were to ask me which one was the most powerful, I'd automatically go with X. I think that that is easily the most overpowered. Gundam there is from from what I've seen so far. I mean, somebody's probably going to pull out this one that I don't know about. The other one I would say that I think is interesting is the uh, the uh, this G self, which I find it interesting because it's easily the most interesting in concept because it has the backpacks, but. I don't think it's the most viable because he he's constantly getting rid of the backpacks because the backpacks are messing him up. So it's not the best as far as a a viable Gundam and it's not a cool looking Gundam. It's just a interesting concept for a Gundam. Does that make sense? Well, that's just as bad as like uh Zeta and stuff where they have where they constantly have him to dock and it's like why even bother? Yeah, right. <laughs> Stop docking. And every time it turns into this whole thing of don't let him dock. And yeah. Yeah, I'd probably just go with uh I I kind of liked certain aspects of the uh unicorn gundam but then when it gets all shiny and stuff it kind of starts losing me and i never cared for the unicorn thing but I, i'll probably just have to stick with new gundam i think that was a pretty awesome one so but yeah we were kind of and i don't know if we can confirm it or not we were kind of thinking that the uh the g gundam was part of the second season a try of gundam build fighters and i never cared for that gundam and how it was so melee because it didn't fit my at the time mentality of Gundam being strictly missiles, lasers, and machine guns. But then when I started getting more into it, and I realized with you know Iron Blooded Orphans, I really liked you know Barbados and his whole melee thing. I love the idea of melee Gundams; it's really awesome. Um, and on that that point, I also really like the Zaku's. I've I've always 
I had a thing for the the style of the Zakus, and as it kind of, I don't know the names of each iteration. So again, that goes back to our question of can we be fanboys? We can't because we we never answer the question on the different Zakus. But I like I like their their I got style. Two of the three. It, it reminds me. <laughs> well, no, I answered the question. The idea that they they're all different models. They all look slightly different, and they all have different loadouts. I I can definitely say that much, and I don't even know anything about. Them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which ones are which. But I like I like the Zakus because it kind of reminds me of kind of like a a stylized samurai kind of look, mm-hmm. and that's I've always kind of dug that. So, and there's the 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 Zaku Gundam. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for the question, Whiskey Jack. Uh, next one we have is Quest Ram. Quest Ram posted say Andrew and Chris. Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. Thank you for the great content. My post this week is centered around character archetypes and don't see that you don't see often in anime, the Yandere. Uh, it's surprising how you don't see Yandere like a lot. And I think that's really because they I get you might have this in the question, but I guess it's because they're kind of dangerous characters to have around. <laughs> and you can't really do a Yandere properly it's, without it's, danger. It's, it's like a fire. You just have to, you know, control it properly. You can't control Yandere. You can't hold it. You, if you could, no, so that, that goes back to my it point. You can't, you. <laughs> you can't control a Yandere because once you control a Yandere and you, and you, and you make them stop, they're no longer a Yandere. No, they'll burn you. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you can stop them. Anyways, since I uh, started getting into anime, this is uh, Quest Ram again. Uh, since I got started getting into anime a few years back, I've always been a big fan of obsessive girlfriend Yandere type, archetype. Uh, the unique blend of danger, emotion, dependence, and faultless loyalty that these types pre- represent has always been uh, made a made me root for them. However, despite my love of the archetype, I rarely seen these kind of characters as a main focus in the romantic show or subplot. Uh, most of the time, they're uh, relegated to background characters solely for comedic purposes, as example uh, being racer from Honda-kun, being a racer from Honda-kun last season. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, I guess we didn't really watch all the way with Hanukkah. This isn't to say that I dislike seeing Yandere as goofy side characters. Uh, They play the part well, but I do feel the characters often have the potential to do something more. Last paragraph. (laughs) No, there's still more. Uh, For some recent examples, well-executed Yandere's, I really uh, really enjoy the uh, depictions of Albedo from Overlord, Echo from um, And You Thought There Was Only Never Girl Nine, and arguably Ram from Ray Zero. Uh, although they are each their own unique brand of crazy, they all embody the single mind of loyalty and devotion that endures me to no end. Uh, as uh, and if we're talking about older shows, uh, Future Diaries depiction of you know that's when you were asking about it being a major focus. I was going to say Unikasai, uh, but yeah, uh, fairy tales uh, or fairy tales. <laughs> Future Diaries depiction of Unikasai is about uh, unmatched. Um, actually, uh, there is my, my personal favorite Yandere. Yeah. You know, Gasai is just so awesome, but, um, I do really, really like Kurumi from Day Day Life. And I think she is an excellent one. However, she is kind of pushed to a sideline. So take that into consideration. Um, she's just part of the quote-unquote harem if you can call her a part of the harem because she is not actually a part of the harem per se i guess (laughs) take that for what it is when you watch it you'll understand what i'm talking about but i like her i think she 
because Yuno Gasai is such the um how what is the best way? She is the antithesis of a Yandere. Um Kurumi gets kind of put to the side, but when people mention Yandere, they, it's either Yunogasai or Kurumi, and there's a reason why. Yeah. He says, that all said, what are your uh, takes on Yandere archetype? Do you see them as having more potential than often um, allotted? I think that they are... I, I actually absolutely love Yandere. Um, I think that they're kind of a two-edged sword, and... A lot of people don't know how to properly um, write them because they take a lot more. Um, they easily can become the uh, the the most dominating character in a show, and that's why I think that a lot of people are very careful about them. Just like Sundari, Sundari, when you have a Sundari in a show, they take over the show. And Yandere is an, another one of those characters. While they're in. Um, Dairy mode, they're very easy to use, but once they go into yawn mode, it's it's all over for the show because they are dominating. Yeah. Um, I I th- I'm mixed on it because Yandere kind of falls in the realm of something similar to my thoughts on Fujoshi characters, in that they are they were funny the first few times you watch it, but after a while Unless they become a pinnacle part of the show, which often they can't, because like Chris mentioned, I agree, they kind of have to take over the show. Um, and when they can't take over the show, they're often left as a side character. And when they're left as a side character, there's only so much they can really do with it besides the character gets with the girl and then he looks over and the girl's over there and there's you know dark swirls around her. That is something I've, over time, have grown to care about less. It in similarity to Yandere or not Yandere, uh, Fujoshi. There's only so many times I can see that cloud of uh, darkness around them, looking around a corner before it's like, yeah, I, I that not to say that that's not funny because somebody's gonna find that funny. I've seen that so many times that it's like, yeah, that's still funny, I guess. But what else are we gonna do? And again, unless they actually make them a I think Future Diaries is probably the only one I can think of offhand where that became a pinnacle part of the show. It was Unicus character. Her yonderiness was a huge... It wasn't the entire plot, but it was... Well, I guess it technically was. <laughs> I'd correct myself there. It becomes... A, a, the, that was at the one, the only real rare case that that became a thing. I guess you can make a... a, a, a it, what sucks is I have so many examples of Yandere, but I don't want to mention them because... There are some cases where there's technically a Yandere character that doesn't sprout it until later, and I think that was the that's few points the, that I like it. That's the dairy, and then they become Yon later, and that's that's the thing that I was saying is it, you can't you can't turn them into the Yon without taking over the show, and I don't think I've ever really seen, but maybe a couple of shows where they actually were able to pull that off without actually ruining the show and. And that would be Day Day Live, which was the only one that I can think of off the top of my head, where they were able to pull off keeping a Yandere in the show without take the Yandere taking over the show. Hmm. My point is that there's that I have a few examples, but I can't really mention them because technically that's a really huge spoiler right. to know that this character 
I mean, I can give you a, I can give you the name of a show, and then I can say this character was really sweet at the beginning, and then at some point late in the show they snap. That's going to kind of ruin you when you go watch that show because you're going to be constantly watching that character, waiting for that moment they snap. But I can really, the sad part is that I can only give those three examples where I think a Yandere, and it's not Yandere in this, they. Yandere, in my in my perspective, is can doesn't always have to be they'll murder anybody. It's just that that like you mentioned that that you know you can't. It's just so much devotion from that character, and they are willing to harm people. Yeah, I can put that much. They are willing to harm people to grab grab that attention and make you their own. And I think that that's where I think it it gets its best. I don't particularly care for a Yandere character who. I don't I don't t- I don't technically want all my Yandere characters to go around trying to kill people because again that goes in the realm of if you have a Yandere character like that that technically has to take over the show. You can't have a cute uh harem show with a true deep Yandere character that is willing to kill people because then your fluffy show is not going to be so fluffy anymore. It, it ends up being a thing of they're just they're glaring from a corner and they Maybe, you know, show a, a violent tendency at some point and you giggle it off. But there is, but I can only really name three examples of shows that have Yandere characters in them that does it in a way that actually fits the narrative of a normal kind of society show. Outside of that, it turns into Feature Diaries, it turns into Day Day Live, it turns into something where it becomes, it's a high action show with the harem and one character is really psychotic. And that's where it kind of turns into. On a side note, uh, if you really, really do want to get into the more, and I don't know why this is, um, I think it's more kind of in the um, the realm of, because they tend to go into the top and bottom a lot, is actually um, shoujos tend to have a lot of Yandere characters, <laughs> strangely enough. I, that's all I, all I can really say. Um, so, I, I mean, I can think of the worst case scenarios are usually kind of like your, um, what was that dang show? The new blood one, um, where the entire cast was all more blood. Yeah. It was that, um, they, they just did the, the second season recently. And I, I, I was like, Oh, it's just, just the same as the, the first season where they were just, uh, brutal to the girl all the time. And she was just half stupid anyway. I know the subtitle is more blood. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say diabolic lovers, diabolic lovers. Yes. Um, because they were all vampires and of course they were mean to the girl and they tended to be kind of in the Yandere category. They were more like super Sundere is really what they were. So they were brutal to her. And, but he, 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 they really do love her all, all along, but yeah, take that for what it is. Uh, sadistic lovers is all they are. Um, but yeah, shoujos tend to have m- the more Yandere type characters. So I, and I, I couldn't tell you why they just, they love that kind of stuff over there. Um, I don't know how in detail we went with it, but our, our anime cast episode, which is anime 201, we did kind of talk about, uh, Yandere's as a definition of the Yandere. So you might check that out. I'm not sure how detailed we went into it. Um, but we do plan on eventually doing a full-on harem 
show. I don't think we've done one yet, but uh, we'll do, probably do more breakdown of our On favorites harem? and stuff. Yeah. yeah, we did a harem. Did we? We did harem one, or at some point we did harem. We, we talked, talked about, about the harem the mechanics of, oh yeah, I guess so. Because we talked remember. about the dither and all that stuff. You're right. Episode 61, Fundamentals of Harems. I, I don't know how in depth we went into, I'm sure we went into depth without Yandere. I'm not sure if we like broke down different characters, but. No, the 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 Yandere we would have talked about in the um, in the one where we were talking about the jargon of. Um, anime 201 is where we talked about right. the jargon. And Fundamentals of Harem is where we talked about the actual, uh, the, th- the fundamentals of harems. How oh, I, th- I thought like we talked about archetypes in there as well. I we may have expounded on some of them, but I seriously doubt it. I think that we were more interested in talking about what um, what makes a harem a harem. Yeah, my my my, my more my point is, and, it, and that's one of those things where I know that eventually we'll probably redo a harem episode because it's technically this is like back in twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen, and we technically watched like <laughs> two hundred or some plus shows since then. So I'm sure we'll probably have uh, more characters to talk about, but. It does suck that you, when you think about it, technically there really isn't that many Yandere characters in the grand scheme of things because, like we said, they either take over the show or they're not, they're not, they're a background character, so. Or yeah. you need a whole bunch of Yandere's to balance each other out. <laughs> and we'll just kill each other. <laughs> uh, there's still like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. What The other question you had was, uh, what are some of the show's characters that you feel do the obsessive Yandere archetypes justice, which like we've already mentioned, Jonagasai and... And uh, Kurumi. You're right. And the last question he has, uh, what or would you like to see shows that feature this type of character? Or more shows? That goes back into the thing where I would rather it either be they're an assess- they are a fundamental part of the story or don't do them at all. That's the- or if you're going to do them, don't push them too far. Like I said, there's a lot of cases that I can mention, but that would be spoiler, that I think they pulled it off correctly because in the end... It's not that devastating to the story, but at the same time, it matches a character like that. Are you thinking of uh, and and this? It's the show you haven't watched. So one of the shows that you haven't well, watched. I'm so. thinking of a show um, that I think that did it really well, and the character, but it was a side character, and that side character never actually went into the full full bore yawn mode. She right. just would, she would just kind of skirt it here and there, and and. And he would make jokes about it, how he was scared of her, and that that was about it. No, these are these are these are cases of shows that are technically they are slightly comedy, but in the case of their yonderiness, it's yeah, serious. Yeah, this one this one was a comedy as well. Well, this is this is a case where it comes out and it's serious, and I don't think they really do that well unless it becomes something just gore fest. Is yeah. my point. So yeah, this one this one was pure comedy, and whenever it would show that instance i don't and i wanted orimo okay yeah because she would skirt it here and there and 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 she would joke about it or and she would you know pull out the knife and he would go oh and that was it and they, and they never they never actually jumped That's what i mean it, it, it's usually always comedy unless it's an action show or it's gory then it becomes the full-blown right uh yandere it's a it's a it's a touchy one to to mess around with, and that's what what's kind of interesting, but also kind of sad about it is it's again we mentioned the it's something that I think a lot of writers are probably afraid of putting into their show because they either again have to make them funny or uh, have it be something that 
has to get slapped down really quickly or it takes over the show. There's another one uh, just to throw it out there for you. And and me and Andrew have both kind of put our our we don't call this a Yandere, but there's a lot of people who do actually associate it with a Yandere. And that is um, uh, there's a lot of soft ones like Rory from Gate. (laughs) Yeah. The 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 monster girls that um, keeps resetting time, Higurashi. Higurashi. They're no all Yandere. <laughs> well, they every one of those characters turned at some point Yandere. Right, but see, the, to say that they are obsessed with quote unquote love interest is kind of misleading because it's not. They're just going crazy. Yeah, it's not actually, yeah, that, that is the mechanic of the show. So it's not technically Yandere and I, and both me and I, I thought you, you, you kind of disagreed with the idea of calling them Yandere, but no, I said they were all Yandere. They were all crazy. At some point they were all Yandere. <laughs> um, well, Yandere means loving, uh, sick love. It's not actually, and they don't actually technically ever fall in love with him. They're just all go crazy is what I'm saying. And so take that for what it is. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy girls in there. So if you want crazy girls, Higurashi. I can okay, I can say specifically love related three characters in that show did that. Right. It was just depending on the situation of it. Uh, again, thanks for questions, Quest Ram. Hope that uh that gave you enough Yandere action that you'll enjoy that. Otherwise, uh, we'll have to take out everybody that keeps you from us. Miss 145 says, after hearing the review of Quadia Code, I'm going to ask this question, which uh, some people will uh, be offended by. Has today's anime fan become more visual over story? I feel like people uh, judge their anime that they usually judge it by animation studio and how it works. Today's anime fan really or rarely watches old anime because it doesn't meet their standards of visual quality. I always been uh, I've always been the story over visuals since visuals are something that are constantly changing and today's anime uh, will all be outdated in five to ten years from now. Uh, those fans will refuse to watch today's anime because it won't meet their standards. So basically, I think visuals being the important thing, or I think visuals being the important things is a shallow way of thinking because it's constantly changing. Also, answer this question without going into anime is visual medium. <laughs> That was my first response. <laughs> it <too>. is a <laughs> visual medium. I I think story is very crucial. Uh, I I actually well to, to I guess you you kind of hint on because you you mentioned our review of Quiet Code. We were, that was our thing was that there was something really cool there. There was a great director there, and it just flubbed because they couldn't pull it off. But yeah, I agree. Uh, I I think that I think that people are. I don't want to say they're shallow because I I think that it's more than yeah, that. Yeah, you love what you love. That's yeah, not a shallow yeah. thing. If you are watching a show and it doesn't look good to you and you stop watching it, who cares? It's your time. If, you fi- if you're if you watching a show and you're going, this looks bad, this looks bad, and you're not paying attention to the story and you stop watching it, it's your life. Do whatever the hell you want to do with it. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, whatever is going to – I mean, flip-flappers, uh, I've heard a million people say, it looks great, but I don't understand what's going on. Who cares? I mean, for all I care, it could turn into a, a complete monster of the week and, and for the next three years, and I'll be perfectly happy. It looks great. I enjoy the characters, and I have a lot of fun watching that show. But when it comes down to it, 
no, I agree. There's not that big of a story. Like it's it's trailing through fine, but I don't think that's what they were going for. I think they were just having fun making it look good and 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 being crazy with a couple of girls and having fun. I, I think uh, the biggest pro- and this probably is what fuels your question here is the, the problem that comes from a studio failing to produce something of quality or. Uh, them not having the right art direction or uh, not meeting schedules, things falling apart, or just not doing a good job in general, is that the moment that somebody is, when they're watching the show, the moment they become bored or the moment they don't find something appealing, the moment something bothers them, they're going to fall away on the idea that looks like crap because that's the first thing you can think. I mean, that's that's really a case of if you're having a problem with a show, the easiest way to destroy it to and and convey that to other people is to show a screenshot. This looks terrible. That's why this show sucks. That that's the easiest way to. Con- I mean, when uh, and of course there's a, there's an aspect of it being distracting. But uh, Occultic Nine, the moment that people uh, when I mentioned that I thought that that show had potential and that I was actually enjoying that show, the moment I said that I got backlash because the girl on the show her boobs are gigantic. That was that was the call. It was that the characters' boobs were too big, and that was a stylistic choice that they'd made in the original visual novel, whatever. And that's something that it translated to the anime. And that's the thing that everybody points out. And it's like they completely give up on everything else, and that's the thing they're pointing out. And I'm not faulting people. I I agree. I don't like it. <laughs> I think it looks dumb. But there's this whole cool story there that I know is interesting, and that's what becomes the subject, is not what was potential there, like Claudia Code, what was potential there. The story then becomes, it looks like crap, I can't stand it, I can't believe an explosion happened while it looks at the people, and then suddenly the boss is dead. <laughs> I mean, I can I can give people, again, this goes back to, to your question towards other people, again, don't think it's shallow. Whatever they want to enjoy, enjoy it. Whatever they don't enjoy, don't watch it. That's their time. That's their life. Do whatever you want to do with it. For me personally, I try to give each show credit. That's why That's why I gave uh, Nice Sidonia a shot. That's why I gave Ajin a shot, even though it was CG. That's why I gave Claudia Code a shot. Uh, that's why I stuck with Plata Magi Madoka Magica. I technically hated how that show looked for quite a long time. Because I, we both have a feeling that you have to give a show a chance because eventually it might do something. I'm giving Blood of Wars a chance right now, and I hate it because I'm hoping the story does Are something they ever interesting. together? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> the show still sucks, and it still looks bad in my opinion. It still looks like garbage. Did they ever explain? I the, think the, the monsters. It looks worse than Claudia Code. <laughs> But at least it moves. I guess I can give that over Claudia Code. At least it moves more often. But our mentality is trying to give shows a shot, and that's not the mentality of most people. Most menta- the mentality of most people is that they have this reserved time for anime, and they are easily going to give up something if they feel that they can they can fill that gap with something else. I want to say that there was a show a while ago where the guy was getting his um, his. Uh, he had been through two generations or something and he got powers from the light and powers from the dark and, and he would do all the writing up in the air. And I thought it, the concept was really cool, but Oh man, did that show, huh? World break, world break. And it looked like garbage. I mean, 
if this is the writing looked cool. The, yeah, it, it looked really cool when he would <laughs> scrawl in the air. It was it was a really cool concept, and it and and I liked the characters. But gosh, did that show, especially at the end, it looked like garbage. I mean, the well, CG was like wasn't a, even. They same, didn't even try with the CG. Same season. Yeah, and they uh, had another show. Drag? No, it was what was that called? The dragon Chao- one? No, it wasn't Chaos Dragon. Was it Chaos Dragon? No. Well, no, no. Chaos Dragon was that one with the the boy that uh, had to sacrifice oh, somebody. Yeah. Uh, dra- dragon something. Dragon, not Dragon Academy. Oh, come no, on, say that Dragon was Academy. the Lolly Dragon. <laughs> He's like, no, don't be mean to my <laughs> dragon lollies. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, and th- with the case with both of those shows, part of the reason I dropped those two shows, and of course, this is back when I was like that, where I was like, I have limited time, I will only give it to certain things. And those two shows that season were the two that I dropped, mostly because of the visuals didn't didn't care from how they looked at all. Unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. Fafner got That's it. That's it. I'm really good you're lately about really good. names. <laughs> I'm I'm forgetting all of them. You're remembering all of them. Go figure. Um, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> he watches them all. Now the the funnier one is that even shows back then when you were watching everything and I watched maybe two shows. I still am the one that recalls the names of them. <laughs> That's what's great. Anyways, I is that pretty much answer the question? I don't. I know, know. that we <laughs> we eventually want to do a art uh, how you watch anime podcast, which really dives into how your the way that you watch a show really dri- drives how you will enjoy them, um, like smartphone versus watching on a big screen, and how that can change your perspective on if a show is great or not. And we do want to do a show going full on to artwork and art style and uh, studios, stuff like that. So look forward to that. And we'll definitely go more into depth of the ins and outs of this art styles that we like and don't like. So, but yeah, we answer, we did initially answer with the anime as a visual medium. I still believe that, but hopefully we gave you more than that with that big, long explanation. Thanks as always, Miss 145 for the question. I'm sure people will be offended, but, it's a, it's a it's a valid question because that's something that comes up all the time, especially when we have a lot of right. people that come on the forums that are like, I'm new to anime. Give me a show to watch. And we have a lot of newer uh, community members that I, I think Logan, mostly I think most of the time is one of those newer anime fans that when we talk about those older shows, he's already kind of pointed out that, look, it's just not my taste. And it's like, that's cool. I mean. I would love you to go watch all these really old 90s and 80s shows or 70s shows even so much. But I do agree that there is a certain aspect to it that you you have this new taste. And this goes right back into our discussion about comedy and and what ages well. Art kind of is a thing like that, too, is you you are, you know, if you get introduced into it in this age, you're going to get used to this type of style. You're going to get used to that digi paint whatever it's called you're going to get into the more uh computer generated art styles and and effects that are in shows now that technically aren't there back then and so when you see that and it's so different and it doesn't have those effects and those lens flares of a foodable or something like that it's it's alien and you are going to either hate it or you're going to like it kind of thing i do think that there is a level of people just being too hard on stuff um i can think of a season or two ago when we were watching um orange and it felt like every week i was hearing i i want to say it like the fifth episode or farther where people were constantly complaining about how it was off model and it was this and it was that and it's like 
I didn't see any of that. Uh, I seen it, but it wasn't like detracting like they were making it out to be. <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's my point. I, I I do think that there is a I do think that there is a level of people just being too harsh, especially knowing that what will end up happening is they, they may run into a, a time constraint and they'll just release what they have. And and maybe the Blu-ray won't be as bad. I I've seen constantly where they've went and re. I Berserk is getting a complete overhaul. And it's yeah. and so all those people who have been bashing Berserk for the last not a complete overhaul, but a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the off-model close-ups of a lot of the characters that were in CG are being replaced by actual hand-drawn or not hand-drawn, but uh, more artistically drawn type of 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 Sanins. I remember uh, a lot of the. The big example was the um, that Shaft show with the um, the 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 computer girl, but that one was a case where they they completely um, uh, something school actors or something Mikaku City actors. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one had an atrocious episode where it literally looked like it, and I don't mean to bash the show, but it looked like Ruby that kind of style. Which does not fit what it was originally was. That's why I'm saying the example. Not to say Ruby's terrible, it's just that's what it looked like. The character arts and the, the shape of their faces. Uh, there's the, going to be the Twin Cells, that that huge example that you can often see a lot of pictures of that and how that looks different. Well, I, I, I think of Wizard Barristers where they completely redid the last that episode. Was, that last episode. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Uh, and, <laughs> oh man, and, I remember that. Go check out our review of that because we probably talked about that a <laughs> and, lot. And, Shooting well, in the air and some person dying. <laughs> and Yushibu was another one where we were we complained about it, and it was it was nice seeing that revamp. So my point is, is that just because you see it and it looks bad on the on the stream, remember you're getting it straight off of TV. While it may not look the the best, sometimes there is time constraints because they only have a week to work with it. I wish they would do it a, a, a season ahead of time and have it all done so that they can just release it on a weekly basis and it looked great. But they don't. Knowing do the that world today, some somebody would probably leak the entire series on the internet. That's, That's probably true too. A, a growing fear <laughs> lately too. But yeah, I I, I also want to kind of mention the idea. I I kind of agree with some people, but I do I do I do think there's an awesome element to it of. You do kind of have to sometimes step back when you are one of these people that just kind of try to give everything credit is that you kind of realize at some point that it's like you're missing on you're missing out on something. And that, that's I guess that's the main frustration. The, the only frustration I can have in a stance that I believe that everybody's time is their own value. And if they believe they want to step away from something because it doesn't look good, that's on them. That's fine. That's their 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 choice. But there's also an element that is down deep inside me where I go, that really does suck because you are missing out on this. You are missing out on this because you're not willing to overlook a visual oops or a visual style or something. You're missing out on something here that you could really enjoy. And it was something that I was chiming with the Knights nice of for the longest time when I was going, this is a really cool show. And everybody's going, but it's CG. And it's like, I know I thought the same thing, but I gave it a shot and I came out saying, please go watch this. Cause because there's an element of, if you can get past that, there is something here that you're missing. And, uh, and, and also remember that sometimes it, it remember that sometimes people can come back and say, Hey, I, I know you g- gave up on this, but you may actually like this. And, and, you may actually like it just because the the so so always be ready to don't just go no I I, I went and looked at it it looked like crap and I don't want I don't want to bother well no 
there there may be something else there over the visual style. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, think of it think of it this way: what was the um, uh, Konosuba? If if you oh went gosh, off, of, off of visuals on that show, you would have missed out on one of the the funniest shows that we've had in a long time. And people have been raving about that for a long time. There's a reason why. And if you now, if you didn't like the the comedy, that's different. I mean, yeah. that's that's you're a totally different comedy. animal. Yeah, that you're you're there for a comedy. You didn't like the comedy. You're not going to like it later on. Um, but if you didn't like it because of the visuals and everybody's been going on and on and on about how funny this show is, okay, maybe you should re- reevaluate your your consideration on that. Just close your eye. No, yes, you can't because you don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you know Japanese, then you can do that. But awesome question, Miss 145. I, I really appreciate that question. And we thank everybody for your questions. That's all the questions we're going to do for the day. Um, again, you can find us at otakuspirit.com. You can go there for our news reviews and coverage of New Line Anime, as well as our wonderful community in the form links at the top, social media links on the right side. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of a discussional podcast. Um, has some plans coming up the coming weeks. And then we have our reviews are coming up and previews. I guess I got to start working on the preview guide and it's going to suck. We, we do have... Um... I know that we've been seeing the the questions popping up on the thread, but are we running low on questions or? Uh, I mean, we can always use more questions. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm just just, on questions, but I'm just kind of throwing it out there in case. So we got six more questions left, so we are running low. But I mean, we'll we'll be going moving on to the review areas. But we, yeah, definitely, no matter what. Always love more questions. You can, again, post your questions in the anime questions thread. We're not in dire straits. We're just throwing it out there so that everybody can, if you want to, if you randomly think of a question, go ahead and toss it on there. And yeah. Make us, make our brains hurt. Make some really yeah. strong questions. Not something that requires a ton of research, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, again, we always want to uh, show our appreciation for those that uh, support us through Patreon. We're always thankful for everybody that supports us uh, through payment on pay th- uh, Patreon. Um, keeps the lights on, keeps the forum running, keeps the website on, keeps our, our our hosting going, and that's always great. And we, of course, I'd always love people who go on to social media and tell the people about us. We got a couple shout-outs this week, and I, I definitely blushed and, and said thank you for noticing me, Senpais. Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed all that, and we thank you all for your support. And for telling us on the forums that you enjoy what we're listening to, because that tells us that we're doing something good. Um, but yeah, we thank you all for listening. We hope you all enjoyed, and you'll take care. Oh,